Hey, you like cars? Well, so do I. Take a seat real quick. You're listening to Car Quicks. again welcome so it's been a minute back like i never left car quicks it's a news episode the news podcast you know what time Uh uh-huh director's cut episode 17 i got the numbers right this week don't act like i didn't have them right the other weeks you know sometimes you slip up a little bit man this desk is kind of dirty I don't know what's going on. That's not usually how I start this. I'm usually on my P's and my Q's. We got some good news today. Some funny stuff to talk about, things to just discuss and see what happened in the week of automotive news and everything. I'm getting everything kind of set up and ready, grabbing my notes. How y'all doing out there? Hope everybody's doing good. Like, subscribe, all that, blah, blah, blah. Glad to see you. Glad to be doing this yet again. We're just going to jump right into the news and what's going on. Nothing really, it's nothing major, but it's cool stuff to go on. The best thing we're going to talk about right now. So Hyundai, if you remember like a couple months ago, a couple months ago, Hyundai showed off arguably the best looking concept cars we have all seen in a number of years, honestly. Like we haven't seen anything looking this crispy in a long time. And that was the Envision 74, and they released another one I can't remember the name of, but I don't know what's going on on Hyundai, but they're talking crazy. They said they're about to produce the Envision 74. <laughs> Come on, dog. If they make this car and it looks like this, listen. I know I have the GR Corolla, like, I get it. I love that car. But, like, if this comes out looking like this, I'm going to need this YouTube channel to blow the heck up. (laughs) I need that. I don't even know how much it's going to cost. But given how it looks, there's there's no way we're not at 50 and up. I'm 65 starting. I mean, there's just no way. All electric. Now, I know there's some people that just don't like electric cars. I embrace all cars, and I understand where the future's going. So either get on or get off. I mean, that's just what's going to happen. I mean, we strap up. It's going down. If they make the Envision, I don't even have any more speculation. I mean, the concept looks ridiculous. And Hyundai's been running around with another hatchback. I think it was the Ionic 6, EV6. It's like some hatchback that they were testing in the winter. If I have like a video or picture, I'll throw it up somewhere. But that was testing the drivetrain that they've been practicing to basically get like sports car feel and drive inside of an electric car. So if they can pull off what that was doing, or let's just say they can get the feel. It's really the feel. That's the issue was when it comes to EVs. They feel numb and disconnected. If you've ever driven a Tesla, the party trick of the ludicrous mode and fast acceleration gets old because after it's done, you are isolated. And that's really good for like everyday driving when you just don't want to be stuck in, or you're in stop and go traffic. You don't feel like hearing road noise and all that. But if you want to engage in driving, Like, I like to hear the exhaust. I like to hear the gear changes. And, you know, 
there's none of that. If they figure out a way to introduce any type of feel to the road and to the drive, even, listen, these cars can sound like the Jetsons, honestly. Like, real talk, if it sounds like the Jetsons' little spaceship, I'm all for it. I was a kid watching this stuff. It can sound like the Starship Enterprise, and I'm signing up. So, Hyundai, if you, all you got to do, if you're listening, Hyundai, all you got to do is this. Make the car look exactly like the concept. That's it. It's right there. It's like right, it's the home run. I can see it. We are right there. It's an alley-oop and you're 7-7. I mean, it's right there. Just make the car look exactly like the concept. Figure out the drivetrain, electric drivetrain. You don't even got to try that hard. It's not like you're building a brand new motor from the ground up. Get the interior looking futuristic, you know, Oh, man, it's right there. Hopefully, hopefully they knock it out because I would love to see it. I would love to see these companies starting to make these electric cars look the future that we asked for. Every electric car now that's coming out, everybody's trying to make them look like eggs on wheels. I don't understand the point of that other than aerodynamic coefficiency. But there's got to be another way. And listen, if it's already saving gas, I mean, listen, as long as you can get past a certain threshold of two to 300 miles, like start making this stuff look fire. Seriously. Outside of Hyundai doing their thing with the electric car, and I'm going to get to another electric car later. There's some funny news in the streets of California. So everybody knows about the sideshows, and this is very much a sidebar. But they said now they're just going to start impounding cars permanently and giving spectators $2,000 fines. Hey, I told y'all kids, stop blocking intersections to do donuts you're not drifting you're not drivers i mean i get it the street racing scene highway driving i mean it's like literally part of the culture that nobody wants to talk about that people want to say keep it on the track and keep it on this and then we build these cars for the manufacturers that got 500 800 horsepower and it's like i mean what do you think they're gonna do but i mean side shows has always been kind of like why like, you just disrupting the whole neighborhood. It'd be a lot different, and I know this sounds crazy. This sounds nuts. But, like, take it back to just racing down industrial parks where nobody's around but y'all and just going down a straight line. I mean, if that's the way we're going to play it. I mean, but to block intersections in the major cities where folks are trying to get home, take care of business, it's like, come on, dog. I mean, you could just literally just find an industrial park some random two-lane road in the middle of nowhere and block that off. I mean, if we're, if we're going to do it, like, do it with some type of coordination. So, I mean, if, you, if you're into this, if this is what you do, just know that they're about to permaban all this stuff, okay? They're, they're grabbing cars, repoing them, whatever you want to call it, confiscating them things, is going to the impound yard indefinitely, okay? It's about to be mad scat packs <laughs> available to buy, I'm telling you. All right, so... More importantly, remember a couple weeks ago, I was talking about how GM was basically trying to play everybody in the, in the entire industry, talking about we're going to make our own system and we're no longer going to use Apple CarPlay, Android Auto. Now, I understood what that is. See, that's a game for data, as I told you before. All the, They're lying to people, talking about we're going to make a better system for our stuff. No, they're not. They're just trying to get their data. They know that Android Auto and Apple have all this in very important information about the people that are buying their cars, and they went in on that too so they can sell it. That's, that's the whole game. But the Ford CEO pretty much shown what I had said. He said, we lost that battle 10 years ago. 
that they're going to keep Apple CarPlay and Android Auto because everybody knows it's a dumb battle to fight. You're trying to, like I said, you're trying to create brand new software that everybody's going to adopt when the most known software is what's in their pocket. That is Android Auto and Apple CarPlay. And so the Ford CEO clearly is trying to make sure GM doesn't outsell them by coming out and saying, we're not touching anything. That ship sailed 10 years ago, if not more. We're keeping CarPlay. We're keeping Android Auto. I don't know what GM is doing or what they're thinking, but whatever they're trying to finesse, it's not going to happen. And that's clearly we see it right now. They already talked about it. If you think their sales aren't going to take some type of hit because this happened, I mean, just watch it. Just watch it. Watch it. Trailblaze about to come out. They're going to say, hey, we need you to sign up for our own little infotainment operating system trash, and it's not going to fly. It ain't going to fly. Now, alongside of news on cars, I already spoke about this in a little YouTube short I did, but the Porsche right here, the 718 Boxer Spider RS is fire. I mean, man. I don't have the means to buy one of these, but let's say if you're in this market and you're deciding between Cayman and Boxster, I'm probably getting the Boxster because there's, I mean, open air with the four liter flat six, 9,000 RPM. You're not losing much for performance unless we're going on a track. And as I've said in many in past podcast episodes in the very beginning, most of these people, we're not going on the track. I mean, the people that want to go on a track, like I've done some track days and I plan to do more, that's kind of an enthusiast thing. But the majority of people that are buying these cars, I mean, if we're going to be honest and realistic, they're not going to the track. Whether it's because they have lack of time, they don't want to put their car in danger of getting into an accident, or they just don't feel the desire to do it a lot of this stuff is back road spirited driving i mean no they're not taken to the limit no they're not you know randy prowster or somebody who can exploit all the power in the car they're just enthusiasts that like the car for what it delivers to them so when it comes to like this whole is it a coupe or a spider or like i mean you don't the weight difference was like i might be like 40 pounds or so but you gain all the performance and the power and to get one of the RS ones in the box, this is what we've been asking for, or the people that have been in this category have been saying, Porsche, give us the same performance that you have on the GT3 and then put it on the Boxster and the Cayman, and they have, and they delivered. I mean, you see the way this looks. I mean, this in like a blue paint a sample. I mean, this is kind of a standard spec that they do, silver with the gray stripes. But, I mean, imagine paint a sample of greens, the blues, the yellows that are coming. I mean, this is going to be an amazing, amazing time. Now, another car that's coming, and this is, this is kind of dear to my heart because we got played. The Subaru WRX STI owners, me, hey, hello, and all y'all out there, those that still own them, we got played. See, when the new WRX came out, I mean, everybody... I did a TikTok of it. Everybody was disappointed. Nobody's going to say they saw it and they're like, oh, man, that's banging. Now there's more people warming up to it because a lot of aftermarket companies have shown what it looks like when you paint the fenders. They've added a little wide, wider flares, taken off the little you know plastic ones that make it look like a cross tech track. And they've painted it, lowered it, put wheels. It looks good when you go that far. I mean, the point of it, I said before, is that 
we got to get away from these car designs that you got to modify to make them look good and be like, that's what it should look like for the factory. That tells us that I don't know who they were talking to or whatever press group or whatever research group they had. They didn't talk to the right people. So Subaru, many, many months ago, said we're not making STI anymore, which is a devastating news, right? I was on the I was on that fence of like if they make the WRX doesn't look as great as I want it to look, but they can redeem themselves with the STI, and I was ready to play ball. And then they said we're not making it no more, and we were like, oh well, guess guess what? GR Corolla it is. I mean that's essentially what I said to myself because Toyota is out here firing on all cylinders, and we're gonna get to them later because they got some other stuff up their sleeve. But the rumor is that. In 2028, the Subaru STI EV is coming, right? We already knew that Subaru said that they were doing something completely different on the STI. And so the EV's coming. I can hear it now. I can already hear it. Folks is up in arms. Oh, EVs. Oh, you all die before I buy EV. Oh, the WSTI, the nameplate has been tarnished. I mean, listen, I know we don't have the 2.5 liter boxer engine. I know we ain't got the six-speed manual. Okay, okay, okay. But we already knew this was coming. See, this goes back to what I said before about the GR Corolla, the new Civic Type R, the Hyundai Elantra N, the Golf R, GTI. Uh, well, those don't make Mazda Speed 3s anymore. But any of these cars in these categories, I have repeatedly said we are staring at the last batch. Okay, you know when you make cookies and you're down to the last batch of cookie dough and you put them in the oven? That's where we are. Consider each cookie on that cookie tray. All the fun cars we have right now that are more visceral and experienced, six-speed manuals, flat fours, three cylinders, six inline sixes, flat sixes, V8s, all of this, we're on the cookie sheet in the oven getting baked. And when we come out of the oven and some of us are out, we're getting chomped on, okay? I'm eating on a GR Corolla cookie right now, and that's it. There's no more in the bowl. There's no more on the cookie sheet. We're looking at the last batch out the oven. If Subaru is taking the WRX STI STI name and saying it's going to be an EV, what you think is coming next? See, now I'm going to I'm going to bring in the other news I was going to wait. So um Toyota is saying in 2026 they're releasing an electric sports car. Again, we're getting baked, we're getting dipped in milk, and we're eating milk and cookies, okay? That's what's going on. We are. I'm in a GR Corolla. There's a guy over there in a Civic Type R. Listen, we're looking at each other like, hey, bruh, man, enjoy it while you can. In 10 years, these are not going to be around. We're going to be copping whatever relics we can ship from Japan Ship from whatever land after the 25-year thing is up. I mean, soon enough, they're about to start shipping the stuff from the UK. All them hatchbacks and performance wagons we didn't get, RS3s and 4s and 5s, they're coming because the manufacturers are literally putting in front of you, hey, guys, guys, listen, it's over, okay? It's done. So we don't have any details on the Subaru STI EV, right? And I'm going to get back to the thing with Toyota. But what they're talking about is that it's going to have about 400 horsepower, which, if I'm being frank, if it's an EV, I think 400 is a low number. I mean, we might as well just do what they all do, and that's just jump to like the $500, $600, 600 HP range and see what it can do. 
is going to have some type of underpinnings that is similar to the things of BZ4X, which is a terrible name. Sounds like a computer component. Like I'm buying the new motherboard from Asus Rogue or something. I mean, that's just a terrible name. But whatever those underpinnings that Toyota is, that uh, Subaru has been collaborating with Toyota on, they're going to have to do a lot of work in order for it to become like the performance metric. That is where really the big fight is, right? Making electric cars for everyday people to drive from work, like I said, is easy. But if Hyundai is working on a Vision 74 and Subaru has this FCI coming out in the next like five years, then all of them have to figure out a way to make a drivetrain and electric motor compete or play together not compete, play together in a way that a person like myself who's buying these cars like, you know, hot hatches and six-speed manual cars would get into something like that and say that is equally as enjoyable. But there are a lot of question marks because it hasn't been done at the commodity or more pedestrian level. You could say Remock and uh, and what he's been doing with their electric cars and eventually what's happening with the Bugatti where they're going electric they have proven that you can make hypercars and supercars be incredibly engaging and all electric. But, I mean, that's at the $2 million range. So, of course, when money's no no, you know, barrier, where we're not trying to meet the demands of multiple tens of thousands of sales to everyday people, then, of course, you can throw all the engineering at it and make something that is engaging, but we're talking about $2 million cars, so... That doesn't matter for what we're speaking to when we're talking about an SCI EV. I have no idea what it's going to look like, right? You see this picture up here, this concept that they said it's going to look like. They're hoping that it goes back to the hatchback. I mean, this concept looks fire. But you know, if you are a true Subaru owner and fan, you know exactly what Subaru is well known for doing. And that's right there. Yeah. Making concept cars and then the production one doesn't look anything close. I mean, it's been egregious sometimes. I mean, we've gotten used to the one that's out now, the last 2015 models or the 2021. So we've gotten used to it. So we're just like, fine. But when this first happened, I mean, it was like when the Super came out and we were looking at the FT1 concept. And we were like, hey, yo, that is not what you showed us. So I'm not believing that is right. Here's a 2028 concept talking about this hatchback looking. That looks dope. I'm a hatchback person. This looks fire. I don't believe them, okay? I'll believe it when I see it. Subaru already lied to me multiple times, and they already played me. They showed the WRX concept. I'm thinking it's going to look amazing. Then they come out with body cladding and orange paint, and I'm like, is this night of Friday the 13th? Because I'm horrified. I mean, that's what it was. It was Halloween. <sighs> Sorry, I went on a rant, okay? Just a little, little passionate about that. But let's talk about teasing and concept cars. Lexus, Toyota, they're back at it again. They were teasing the GX and the TX. Both of those, the GX being the more rugged model. I mean, I don't understand why we do this, right? I just talked about how the Tacoma was leaked for the past 55 days. I don't even know how many days it is now. It's still being leaked. I think they might have showed the tire tread last week. Who knows? Now they're showing the back rear quarter panel, one headlight. I mean, come on. Uh, what's going to happen is you're uploading a full picture, and it's just either cropped or half a picture. The folks are now already on the Internet trying to find the files. They're going to find them. And it's going to leak again. 
And I'm going to be right here saying, hey, guess what leak, guys? Yeah, another leak. Of course. So the L, just a quick background. The TX is going to be based on the Grand Highlander. This is essentially all the people that buy Lexuses. They've been asking for a true three-row one. And I'm talking about the RXL, which is a three-row seat that's maybe more of a suggestion. Like, if you really don't like these people or your kids, throw them in the third row. But the TX is a true third-row seater, and the GX is based on their obviously more rugged five-seater capable off-road SUV. They'll, they'll look good. I mean, Lexus doesn't design bad cars. I mean, if you're not a fan of, like, ultra-mega grills, because that's what's going on now, if you look at, I believe it's, like, the GX600 or whatever model's out now, the SUV, I'll throw it up here somewhere to give you a reference point of what I'm talking about when it comes to grill size. But... They usually make great-looking cars, and Lexus is a very well-known brand because we're talking about the reliability of Toyota Lexus along with the luxury brand. So we're going to see. And not much to talk about other than they're playing themselves. It's going to leak soon enough, and right now all we got is a headlight and a rear quarter panel. So we'll see what happens next and what it's going to look like. In the world of wild things happening, someone decided to put a Senna GTR inside of the penthouse. Now, I knew what this was, right? This is called PR stunt, publicity stunt, marketing stunt 101, right? Like nobody needs to put their center GTR in a penthouse. And people that do put cars in their houses, a lot of them, you just never know who they are or they exist. You might catch a little tour of a house on YouTube and all of a sudden there's a car in the living room and you don't even know who did it or who did it, who, who was it or who bought the car and any of that. But this gentleman, Adrian Portelli or somebody, he's an Australian businessman in Melbourne, decided to put a Senna GTR into his 57th floor penthouse and it was a spectacle. I mean, I respect it. It's a, it's a gangster move. I mean, everybody's like, why would you do that? You, you could have drove the car on the track and I've said it again, I'll say it more. These people are not driving on the track. I know. It sounds crazy. But the people that can afford these $3 million track toys ain't going to the track. They probably too busy, honestly, if you're thinking about how much time and effort they do for whatever business they own to in order to afford such a car. A very select few are going to go out of their way to fly to whatever track that McLaren sends their team to to support them in order to drive the car. And so he stuck in his living room. I respect it. I I really do. Like, rock out. Like, I kind of like cars in areas they shouldn't be. Maybe I wouldn't put a one that's kind of functioning. Maybe if something happened to one and I might have made it like an art piece of like, I don't know, when life serves you lemons, you make lemonade. And it would have been like a wrecked GTR there. And I would have said, like, now it's an art piece, you know. We're sticking bananas on the wall and calling it art. So don't knock me putting a crash car in a living room and calling it art, okay? At least it was a functioning piece of machinery. So in the world of stunting and showing the world where you don't have enough money or I don't have enough, this man decided to put his $2 million race car in his living room. In the world, and then speaking of supercars, if you own a 296 GTB or GTS, call Ferrari because they said it's a recall. I mean, listen, you know what it is. When you buy Italian supercars, the point of the excitement is that they might catch on fire. <laughs> and the 296 GTB might have a corroding fuel pipe that is leaking on top of the ignition source. And you know what that is? Fuel plus spark is boom. And you got fires. I, I mean, it's... 
this is kind of everyday for like supercars, especially the Italian made ones. And I and Ferrari is my favorite company, but I mean, I can't call a spade a spade. They get a lot of cars with fires in them. So, welcome to the world of Italian supercars. Now, speaking back to that Toyota EV. So, Toyota said in 2026 they're going to make an EV. Back to what I was saying before. Again, I'm going to repeat myself again. And when, we, and when history proves itself, I want you to come back to these podcasts and say, hey, Car Quicks told us that we were looking at the last plate of cookies. They are saying that this is either going to be the Super EV or it's going to be a Celica, maybe even the MR2. Who knows the nameplate they're going to use? But they're working on this and they're actively working. So they already said that they're not producing a Super anymore. That manual version they gave us, again, is them giving us little signs here and there saying, hey, guys, a little sprinkling or something. You wanted the manual. We gave you the Manny. Now the next time it ain't going to be no manual, nothing. It's going to be all electric. So supposedly it could be the Super EV. I mean, we have some concepts, but again, we saw the FT1 concept, and we saw what it looked like. See it above me, and you saw what we got. Now, the Super has warmed up to me and many enthusiasts, even myself, because when it first came out, I was like, trash, basura. And then I saw it in person. I was like, you know what? It ain't that bad. Then I saw modified ones, and I said, that joint looks fire. Then I saw the pandemic wide body kit, and I was like, oh, snap. So I take back all my words. What am I to say? It could look good. What is it going to drive like? What is it going to be? What is going to be the cost? I don't know. But if it's their Halo car, because the Super is, here's what I would say for Toyota to do. If Toyota is going to make the Super their Halo car, just go for it. The same critique I have for the Integra Type S and it being 52000 and me just saying, just go all the way. Like, stop this half-baked on the fence. I'm kind of expensive i'm kind of not just go just go go all the way spend the 50 60 75 000 and just call it what it is that way the trickle down effect can be more evenly placed amongst the other cars so if you're making a super ev i expect this thing to be pretty amazing and fast honestly it should be all-wheel drive if it's not it should have dual motors somewhere it should handle amazingly, even though it may weigh 4,500 pounds, if not more. But figure out a way to get to the point of having engaging electric sports cars. And once we get there, you get all the naysayers that are into all these more analog sports cars to start working their way over. That's all you have. That's, that's the main thing to achieve. And to wrap up this episode, <laughs> a company from Viet. A Vietnamese company is trying to enter into the U.S. market with an electric SUV, and it is resoundingly trash. I mean, every single review I read, every driving impression of the VinFast VF8 electric SUV. First of all, the name is Garbaggio. VinFast? Anybody else ran that by a research group? Go back to the drawing board. Actually, get a new board. Get new pins, get new chalk, get new markers, get a new group and find the new name because VinFast VF8 is just not, it ain't rolling off anybody's tongue appropriately. And VinFast sounds like a company that will get you a VIN number very fast, okay? And you don't want to be that. But everybody said it's terrible. A gentleman, Scott Evans from Motor Trend, literally said, and I quote, I'd be embarrassed to look a customer in the eye when handing over the keys to this vehicle. Bro, 
if anybody says they'd be embarrassed, it's like, you know who was embarrassed? The people that are selling daywoos. Uh-huh. I see y'all out there. You daywoo specialists, when you were selling microwaves and refrigerators and had the nerve to start selling cars, yeah. Them daywoo people know exactly what he's talking about because they sold people a pile of trash. There ain't a daywoo on the streets in if there is one. I would love to see a picture like, you know, a day we're just floating around still because I don't know how it still survived. But listen, the same way that Hyundai and Kia had a fight tooth and nail for decades to get to the point of being considered legitimate car companies, this company here, first of all, the name is bad. Change the name. Nobody's like, what you, I heard you bought a new car. What's it called? Oh, it's called the VinFast. No, nobody's saying, nobody wants to hear that. Oh, you got the VIN fast. Or is it is it quick, fast? Is it something? No? Okay. Just go. Go to some of these articles on the VINFAST VFA and just read even the YouTube videos and read what these people are saying. I mean, this car was resoundingly bad. One person I read on, I think it was a drive, not the drive, I think it might have been on Autoblog or somewhere. He was mad he flew 8,000 miles to get played. He got handed the keys to a car that ain't even done. They want $50,000 for this thing. You see it? This is not fire enough for 50... Yo, tangent, segue. These car prices, all manufacturers, we need to have some type of talk about the car price. I get it. Inflation, wars, presidential candidates, who's in charge, blah, blah, blah. Okay, whatever. Charge whatever you want to charge. But, like, this, this number of 50K for everything... Like everything is every new SUV coming out that is like electric, that's like midsize that can fit five to seven people. It's all oh, starting at fifty thousand, starting at forty nine, starting at fifty six. Yo, who was buying these cars? Is nobody eating? Are we all eating nuggets? <laughs> like what is going on? Like these cars are costing a grip, okay? And it's not getting cheaper. And wages, listen. Before I go off on a handle, I'm just saying. The car prices are a little bonkers. And especially for new car, the nerve of VinFast to say, we're going to charge $50,000. Who are you? How dare you? Listen, if this car company makes it to America and anybody I see in the streets buying this, I'm asking them straight up. I'm saying, you had a lot of options. What led you to VinFast? And I'm going to start going around with the guy that says, hey, I like your car. What do you do for a living? I'm going to be, I'm going to run around to the VinFast people and be like, hey, so you drove past Toyota and you bought the VinFast. Tell me what you were thinking that day. <laughs> I'm, that's, the, that's, that's the videos I'm going to do if this thing makes it to America. And I see people driving around. I'm running around asking real life questions. Hey, see you in the VinFast. I want to know, did you ever hear of a company called Hyundai? Chevrolet. I just want to know if you are you new to the country. Okay, I, I want to find out who these people are. But that's it for the car news. A little bit of not that short of a one. I mean, it's a it's a it's a good it's a good pace. The news really is more so about what's coming than what's here right now. Because most of the stuff that's here right now, we talked about. The biggest news is still the Integra Type S. I mean, the videos I do on that always go large because everybody wants to get that car, talk about it, and I. I think the car is great. I still think it's great. I just think that they missed the mark on the price. And that's just my opinion. People are still going to buy it. The market is going to respond how it's going to respond. And when people get in face-to-face with these markups that are inevitably going to happen, they're going to have to look at themselves in the eye and decide how much they really care about this. So, you know, enjoy it while you can. Because like I said, last batch, last batch. All right, guys, I'm going to see you around. 
hope you be, hope you having fun. Be safe out there. Drive your cars. Use your blinkers. Be safe. Do as you wish. Do as you may. This is Car Quicks. I'm Cameron, your host, and I'm out.